This is 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Brought to you by RCR Wireless News and Telecom Careers. Connect at CarrieCharles.com. And now, here's Carrie Charles. What is the silent killer of productivity in companies? Employee disengagement. You have people on your team right now that show up to work every day, but they lack energy and passion. They wish they were anywhere but work. They talk to their coworkers and they spread their dissatisfaction like a cancer. And you may never know that this is happening. Disengaged employees cost companies countless dollars in lost productivity and poor customer service. And the sad part is that these are people who are in the right environment, can excel and be an asset to the organization. With companies racing to roll out 5G and the scarcity of qualified telecom workers, it's crucial for companies to hold on tightly to their talent. Today on 5G Talent Talk, I am here in the studio, very exciting, with Rick Gallegos. He is the CEO of Dale Carnegie, Tampa Bay. We're talking about the key drivers of employee engagement and how to make small shifts that produce big results. Let me tell you something I learned about Rick, which is very exciting. He won, or his company won, the Rockstar Award from Franchise Business Review. That means he is the number one franchise. Actually, he won this many years in a row out of 170 that deliver trainings around the world. Rick, welcome to 5G Talent Talk. Super excited to have you in the studio today. Yeah, thank you, Carrie. I really appreciate it. Great. Yeah, great. I'm very excited about that. Excellent. So, um, so, Rick, tell us a little bit about your work at Dale Carnegie that with companies across the, the globe and leaders. Yeah, so Carnegie is trying to help individuals create transformation and organizations. And it depends on what specific area that they're trying to take command. It could be in professional selling. It could be on communication skills, leadership. And by taking command, it means that they really feel confident in what they're doing and they know what they're doing. So they're getting results that way. Um, a lot of it's based on what's called our performance change pathway, where we create awareness of a topic, train them on something, and really have sustainment so that they learn how to do it. So everything we do has a longer package, so to speak, mm-hmm. so that they really get behavioral development and achieve that uh, the change they want. Okay, wonderful. And you <clears throat> work with companies, you said, all over the, the U.S., the globe? Yeah, so most of them are based here in Tampa Bay, and mm-hmm. then we also work with clients outside the United States based on request to come out and work with them. Um, and we've done it all over the world, actually. So oh, we, we wonderful. travel and do training and development for those clients all over the place. Oh, how exciting. Yeah. So tell me about the current state of employee, mm-hmm. employee engagement in this country. <laughs> What's well, going on out there right now? Yeah, so uh, engagement is a very important topic for our client base because they understand the uh, correlation of productivity and that when they have high engagement, uh, they see better results that way. And we've done numerous studies of large organizations where you can go into all the branches and look at those and see where the engagement stores, their engagement scores tie into productivity. So we can see specifically that high engagement branches do very effectively and low engagement branches are not as profitable. Mm. So they know the correlation of that. They're just trying to figure out how do they impact or move those numbers. Great, so what's driving employee engagement? Well, I mean, first go back to what, what is engagement. You know, engagement is discretionary effort. I mean, don't, don't confuse engagement with the word motivation. It's kind of the same thing. 
So it's discretionary effort. What are people doing when they feel engaged? They're giving a little bit extra that they normally wouldn't give when they're not engaged. So how do we how do we get that? You know, um, because uh, the, your listeners today are probably thinking, I have high goals I have to meet. How am I going to do that? And how am I going to do with a team that's not really performing well? We watch sports all the time, and we see teams that are fully engaged that achieve great results, and then when they start losing they lose that engagement. You can sense that mm-hmm. you know, on television, with a sports team or their own team. So engagement really is just getting them more effective. I have a statistic that generally uh, 30% of employees are what I call engaged. Wow. I know. So when you, <laughs> when you think about that, that's not a very high number. Um, 52% are what are called disengaged or just doing their job. And I like to say for them, they can't wait till it's five o'clock. You know, they line up at, you know, at the door yes. at, at 445 <laughs> and, and get ready. And 18% are actively disengaged. And by that, that means that they're the negative leaders in the organization. They're complaining about what's going on. So think about that, that 70% of most of our listeners today of their teams are either, you know, disengaged or actively disengaged. So it's a serious challenge for a leader to build this engagement structure. Now, is it even possible... <laughs> for a leader to build an organization where they have a high percentage of their team engaged? I mean, let's say 80 or 90%, or should we just accept that this is the way it is? These are the numbers. Studies have shown that it's not easy to move the number. I mean, we've been working on engagement in the United States for over a decade, and they're seeing slow improvement. But that's in general all organizations. Certain pockets have very high engagement and very high scores. And a lot of it goes back to leadership and how they lead and their culture of their organization. That's the, the critical factor of engagement. Is, is leadership. It's going to be leadership every time. It's always going to come back to how they lead and what they do and how they treat people uh, that, that has that outcome of motivation. I mean, think about it in your career. If you've worked for someone you really appreciate, that respects you, appreciates you, you want to give more back to that person. And the exact opposite also is very true, is that someone you really don't connect with or the vision of the cultural organization, you tend to do just enough or you become more self-focused. And that's the challenge that your listeners face uh, to achieve high engagement. Right, because there's a fine line between driving to performance and also, you know, having that, you know, motivating and and you know, being employee-centric and treating their people well and giving them everything. But then there's that piece of it where where there's the accountability and the structure. Um, how does a leader balance all of that to keep these people engaged so they don't, you know, wake up one day and say, oh, I'm just so frustrated. These, you know, just these, this guy is just, or girl, this woman is just driving me where it's making me, you know, not not even want to be here anymore. Right. So they, they don't do it very well, I should say that. <laughs> right. right. So when you mention the word accountability, uh, most leaders that I work with and clients that I work with struggle with accountability. It's probably one of the most important factors for them is, well, how am I going to create more accountability? How am I going to get people to do what they're supposed to do? So they want to cheat the system a little bit, like they're not motivated. They'll still hold them accountable and get high results. So how do you create accountability in a, in a climate where they don't really want to work hard? That's a, that's a tough question, right? So let's go back to really what are the drivers of engagement. So before we start answering these questions, let's take a look at, well, what does we have to do right uh, that creates engagement? First is satisfaction with the immediate supervisor. Through, through our research, we found that one of the key drivers of the three was the supervisor, the person leading the group, not the CEO, and not the executive VP, but the direct report. That was the first area about um, 
uh, the chief emotional driver in the workplace is that supervisor or that leader. Now, they're the ones that are the last to get training and development because they're out in the field, right? They're busy, they're tactical, they're getting things done, but they have a huge impact on employee engagement. Uh, now, number two is actually belief in senior leadership. So do we really believe in where they're going? Um, and do they have the vision that I buy into? In a lot of my speeches, I talk about them being aspirational. Like, are they, are they really shooting for a very high goal to get the team involved in this, which 5G and implementation is a very high goal for them? And then are they tied to that? You know, do they tie everything to that vision and where they're going? And again, leaders struggle with vision. They have a hard time creating and communicating vision because they have to make a commitment. Right? When you make a vision that's clear, you have to commit to where you're going. Mm-hmm. The last area is uh, pride in the organization. How much they really like the organization and how proud of they are about what they accomplish. Not only work goals, but also things in the community and how they give back. They're the younger employees will resonate with um, aspirational goals to help people, you know, to mm-hmm. give back. So a lot of them say it. They all talk about it. They have posters, but not all of them do it. So the great companies really uh, develop those mid-level leaders and supervisors. They believe they have a strong senior leadership team, and they've built pride in the organization. Helps quite a bit. Okay. What are leaders doing wrong? Well, that's, that's a good question, right? What are they doing wrong? So um, I, I would say that there's a couple of things that I outlined that they're not really effective at. First is creating the right culture, Right. And so that, that's a big deal, all right? What, what is our culture? What do we stand for? Um, how well do they set goals and, and how well do they have a clear vision, encouraging teamwork and communication? That varies with every one of your listeners of what their culture really is. So they have to really work on understanding what is our culture and improving that. Now, Dale Carnegie is great at going to organizations and providing some uh, leadership principles and principles that we teach that help them build a stronger culture. It's how we treat each other, what we expect. That's definitely the first area. Number two is that most of them don't measure employee engagement. So uh, I've asked your listeners today, raise your hand if you've done a survey or a study on employee engagement. Most of them have never done that, so they have really no idea. That's like not getting your car fixed for a few years or doing maintenance to it, just hoping everything will be fine. You know it's going to happen, right? You'll have a major problem, right? So they don't really measure um, what they're doing. And not only measuring, but just informal surveys, talking to their people, having town hall meetings, getting feedback is a simple way of measuring where they stand. Because great cultures uh, ask their employees how they're doing. The third thing is that uh, most times they don't really have action plans or uh, plans to enhance engagement. So they haven't really set individual and department goals of what they're going to do. So the listeners today hear this and go, yeah, you know, Rick, he's right. Uh, we need better employee engagement. But they listen to it and they go back to work. Um, that's the challenge. They're so busy working all the time that they don't take time away, what I call quadrant two, to say, we need to develop people now. We need to build stronger leadership. We're going to need to build our culture a little bit and invest in those areas because they have huge payoff. Um, four, you mentioned accountable accountability. So accountability is really holding them accountable to improving or getting better results. So I break that down to four areas that can help them, and they're very simple. First is uh, measuring. Like, what are we going to measure? So with employee engagement, you can measure um, how often they coach their employees. You can measure how well they appreciate their employees. You can measure a lot of factors that are soft skill areas. Are they actually doing it? 
And when you begin to measure, we begin to see results. Number two is that you have to reinforce that. So if you're going to say we're going to measure it, you can't say it and then not do it. Three is coaching. So most people that are being measured on something, when they have performance, they um, don't perform very well. So they need someone to help them, right? And so coaching helps. And the last here is appreciation. So th- those are some Can I of the- interrupt you just real quick? Yeah. So when you say measuring if, you know, if a leader is you know, behaving a certain way with their team members. How do you measure that? Do you ask the team? Um, obviously, if you ask the leader, they're going to say yes. <laughs> right? yeah. So so we do a lot of executive coaching for people like that, that they are struggling with the behavior with their team. So the first step is, is that you do interviews with people and ask how they're doing. And what do they say? Great. Well, if he's not doing (laughs) well. well. Oh, you mean about the leader? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be a time where they can really express themselves there. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't have the statistic here, but a lot of people would take a large pay increase to get rid of their boss. Right. (laughs) So so they begin to give feedback that he's not doing very well. Yes. And then we do what are called 360 feedback forms. That's where we're asking individuals, their boss, their team to talk about how they're doing. Most people, until they're confronted with their challenges as a leader, don't change very much. So with coaching, they begin to see that they're struggling in a couple of areas, and then we begin to coach them. And once they accept the fact that they can improve, they get better that way. So Mm -hmm. it's getting feedback from other people, uh, from their team, from their boss, and then having some type of initiative to help them. Now, is this um, anonymous feedback when I'm, I'm, okay. It should be, yeah, it (laughs) should be, because they they go through a process, when, when you give someone feedback like that, they go through a process called DARA, Uh, First is denial, right, that they don't believe it. Then they get angry. Uh, Then they get resentment and try to figure out who said it about them. (laughs) And the last thing is acceptance. When they finally accept what's going on, they begin improving. So we walk them through that very quickly and then get them to improving. Brilliant. Yep. So tell me some signs that you can tell if an employee is disengaged. Yeah, so disengagement signs, huh? that, that's, a, that's a real important topic. So, I mean, I'd ask you, I mean, what do you think would be a natural thing that you'd notice in an employee when they're becoming disengaged? What do you think would be some general things they would start to do that would be indicators? Any idea that you've, you've seen people you've worked with that are that way? I would say uh, they become quiet. Yep. Very quiet. And, um, you know, maybe somebody who used to come in a little bit early or stay a little bit late, you know, they're coming in right on time, leaving at 5.01, (laughs) you know, that type of thing. It's easy to to begin picking it up, right? Right. If you pay attention, right? That's right. And so you have to constantly be looking at um, what they're talking about, what they're discussing, and what their attitude is toward work. Because as they become disengaged, they don't want to volunteer for a project. They don't want to contribute. Remember, it's all about discretionary effort. Like, I'm going to do a little bit extra today. They're not willing to do that. Mm. And it hurts not only work, but teams. Any team you're working on, when the team's not willing to do a little extra, it's going to impact the overall result of the, you know, of the organization. Right, right. Yeah. So what are some strategies of, uh, you know, to really improve employee engagement and that leaders can take away from this podcast and implement right away? Yeah, I'll give them a simple tip. I mean, uh, they could go through training with us, but a simple thing is first getting to know their people better. So a, a strong leader uh, always takes time to get to know their team members very effectively. Now, the old saying was, you know, the officers don't mix with the enlisted people. You know, they stay officers. They don't 
build relationships that way. But today it's so important to do that. And the younger the employee, the more they expect that almost on a daily basis of that concern and that uh, appreciation. So first they have to get to know their people. Um, They could simply ask things like, what do they do for fun? understand their family situation, understand their career goals and their life goals. So they're constantly talking about that with their employees to show what? That they care. So if you really want to answer the question of engagement of a leader, it's a sense of caring that my company cares about me. Mm. Um, someone said to me uh, the other day that they were um, they had some health challenges in their family and they were just so surprised how the company reached out to them and offered things for them. Their other company would never do that, and they just feel that sense of caring. Well, that that outward motion of caring begins to create a return policy of employee engagement. So the first one's really showing they care, and that's my other notes here is that just showing they care has a huge impact. From there, it goes to then how do they treat people in every other interaction? And we go back to Dale Carnegie's principles of just applying good human relations. If they're doing these certain things, it's really quite simple. It's just we get past that and get focused on business. Right, right. So I'm – are you finished? you have more? Okay. I am curious about something. So let's just go to the other side just for a minute. Um, Let's say I'm an employee and I'm disengaged. Yep. What do I do? Uh, Do I go to my – you know, my direct, my boss and say, look, I'm disengaged. What do we do about this? I yeah. mean, how, how do we, how do we fix it from that? And cause I, I do know so many candidates, you know, in staffing, they come to us and they say, well, I need a new opportunity. It's, you know, I just don't see a future here. And they've got, you know, 10 or 15 different reasons why they want to leave. But how can that person fix that and potentially stay with that employee? Well, everybody wants to be the best place to work for, right? The top company. So they're, they're all battling for that. So the ones that are trying to be the best place to work for are trying to attract the best talent, which means they have the best culture, probably the strongest leaders, and the best environment for those type of people. Unfortunately, some companies aren't really motivated like that way. They just want to get the job done, and they want your employee to do that work for them very effectively. That's not how it works. They have to have uh, strong leadership in place. So to how do you solve your problem? First is you have to really um, check your own attitude, right? We may be more critical ourselves of certain things. We might have uh, ruined relationships within the organization that we have to rebuild. A lot of Dale Carnegie is teaching people how to rebuild relationships. Because when I do coaching, what I find is that when they're disengaged, they are not connecting with someone. You know, someone across the hall they don't like anymore because they've had a disagreement. So sometimes they have to go back and rebuild that relationship. And when they do that, they begin to see their engagement go back up because we all want to have friends at work. We want to enjoy what we do. And if we don't feel comfortable with that, we're not going to like work that much. So a lot of it is, again, applying human relations and being effective that way. So I'm talking today with Rick Gallegos. He is the CEO of Dale Carnegie in Tampa Bay, and you are listening to 5G Talent Talk. So, Rick, um, you know, in the in the telecom industry yeah. and in tech industry, for that matter, there's a lot of contract employees and temp employees, and there's like uh, contractors in the field, project based employees. How do you keep those people engaged? Yep. So when they're out in the field, they feel like they're out on an island doing their job. And one of the complaints you hear from employees is lack of communication of what's going on. There's a lot of, uh, you know, rhetoric around, well, we're going to do, they're doing this, they're doing that. The truth is they have to be very open in communication and transparent. 
about where they're going, what the changes are, and what the challenges are they're going to face. So they don't do that very effectively. Or they communicate to the vice presidents who talk to the managers. But the end result is the ones doing the job never really have a clear picture of where the company's going. So I would say to them to have more open communication with their employees of what's happening, where they're going, sharing successes, sharing challenges, to again, get their feedback. Most of the, the, the research I've seen today on younger employees is called giving them a voice. So when you have young employees, we just think, well, they're new, they're young, they don't know anything. Well, they do know a lot, and there's no forum set up to allow them to give their voice what's happening. You want to solve business problems? You have to go to the front line and ask them what's going on. So the great companies I've worked with, again, structure meetings and listening sessions that allow younger employees to have a voice. And you think that improves their engagement when they go back and say, what'd you do today? Well, I met with the CEO and senior manager team, and I gave them some feedback of how we're doing. You did what? So it's a, it, that's an important way to help in, improve that. Right. So with, um, with leaders, how, how would you, if you could just give, let's say, one tip. I yeah. know this is very difficult to do because you have so much information. Sure. But if you could just give them one tip yeah. that really would improve things, what would that be? Well, it's uh, forget about yourself and focus on the other person. We kind of went on that earlier. Listening is going to be the number one factor of employee engagement, right? Listening, connecting with people. But what they're going to think is the number one factor is talking, speaking, communicating, and talking about where they're going. People want to feel valued. And so going through the ranks, talking to people. I'll give you an example. Uh, we work with a very large contra- electrical contractor, and they struggled a lot with engagement of their team members. So by coaching a few of them, they really began to work on meeting with people, having more one-on-one time with them, getting their opinions, hearing their voice. And guess what happened? Uh, productivity goes up. Engagement goes up, profitability goes up. So for most leaders that we work with, it's just as simple as connecting. The challenge is they're not good at connecting. Now, the book How to Win Friends that's been out since 1936 (laughs) for about $12 has been a great solution for millions of people because they want to learn how to do it. It's still the 10th bestseller all time. And when they interviewed a bunch of millennials from New York, uh, from Goldman Sachs, they said, what's the number one book you're reading right now? How to win friends. So they're all still curious about how do I build strong relationships from a leader to a new employee. So with smaller companies, you know, it's easy for the CEO to engage with really every employee. But when we're talking about a larger company, you know, how does the top leadership and the executive leadership really connect with every single person in order to let them know that they care? Well, that's interesting you brought that up because larger companies tend to have higher engagement, right? Uh, they, they just do. And I'm looking for the stat. That's interesting. Yeah. Why would that be? Well, it's because they have chances to move up in the organization. So when you're a larger company, you have more of a career path that you can take and really work toward. But when you get into a smaller company, your career path is kind of like, it's really limited of what you can do. You can do this and do it really well and make money at that, but you're probably not moving to the top position. So younger people think they like bigger companies because of that. Also, most of the engaged people are under the age of 30 or over 50. Uh, A lot of them have college degrees or in higher level positions. So think about it. If you're a VP of a company and you have a company car and you get uh, full benefits and they fly you around to meetings, you feel pretty important, right? Right. And when they measure engagement, it's pretty high. But the gap has been the ones that have been there between 40 and 49 
a little bit lower income, newer people and client facing. They have lower engagement scores that way. So that middle group is not as engaged that way. Interesting. You said client facing because these people are very important to the company. So how do you increase their engagement, this group between, you know, 40, you said 40, 49 that are customer facing? Again, all of it comes down to, you know, uh, we want to be, we want two things that improve engagement. We want to improve ourselves and be appreciated. That's all it is. And so if companies begin to figure it out that they bring in consultants or training to improve their people and then appreciate them, they create natural engagement. I don't know if you've done anything, you've been training for anything or done anything that's hard to do, but as you get better, you go home every night and say, what? I got better today. Yes. Right? So getting better is a critical factor of motivation. And then your boss saying to you, wow, I noticed you got better. Uh, just just mm. slaps one on top of that. Mm. So it's companies have to really invest in spending more time uh, just building their people. So the great companies we work with already believe in that. They're going to allocate money for development, and they're going to train people, and they're going to hire the best to do that. And then they're building appreciation and telling them what a great job they're doing. Guess what happens? Mm-hmm. They go up, scores mm-hmm. go up, profitability goes up. It's a natural equation that uh, that works very well. Mm. Rick, uh, this has just been absolutely fascinating. I could talk to you for hours and hours about this topic. So where can our listeners reach you if they'd like more information about Dale Carnegie, about helping you know you helping their company and their leaders? Yeah, so I run Dale Carnegie Tampa Bay, and we have a training center here in Tampa. People fly here every month to take our three-day immersion programs and two-day programs. Uh, they can go to Dale Carnegie uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, sorry, it's delcarnegie.tampa bay, and they can get information there. And they can also contact me at rick.galegos, G A L L E G O S, at Dale Carnegie Tampa Bay. And uh, that's how we uh, we communicate with our clients and uh, get great results. Great. Well, thank you, Rick, for being on this episode of 5G Talent Talk. Uh, I've absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. And thank you for listening to this episode of 5G Talent Talk. It is sponsored by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. You can always connect with me at carriecharles.com. And please remember to subscribe to the podcast. See you at the next episode. You've been listening to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions, brought to you by RCR Wireless News and Telecom Careers. Connect with Carrie at carriecharles.com.